these practices feel good. They make you feel, you know, energized and good, but there is a deeper action that's happening that is actually promoting the processes of health in your body. And so I, I really want people to come away with understanding that, you know, hydrotherapy, contrast therapy, balneotherapy, these are things that can and should be part of a health and wellness routine for a variety of folks. Hi, and welcome to the All Too Well podcast. I'm your host, Erica Huss. I'm a wellness entrepreneur, a wellness expert, and your wellness whisperer here to make your journey towards better health a little more comfortable and a little less cringy. And today I am sharing a chat that I had with Dr. Marcus Coplin, who is a primary care naturopathic medical doctor. He is also the medical director at the Springs Resort, which is in Colorado, out in the Hot Springs area of Pagosa Springs. And uh, he is also the director of hydrothermal medicine for the Balneology Association of North America. And if that is a word you're not familiar with, you are not alone. I also had to look it up. Balneology balneotherapy. This is the science of, it's evidence-based use of therapeutic thermal mineral spring bathing. And that's a lot of fancy words for this is basically healing through water and healing through mineral rich water as the case may be, certainly out in Pagosa Springs, which I highly recommend, highly, highly, highly recommend uh, if you have the, the time and the inclination to go spend a couple of days out with the good folks at the Springs. That was just really an incredible experience that I was given the the opportunity and the good fortune to to participate in. But the good news is that even if you do not have access to natural mineral hot springs or cold springs, as the case may be, these are a lot of different techniques and tools that you can recreate at home, whether it's actually in your home, in a bathtub or in a shower, or if you have access to a hot tub and a cold plunge, we just kind of get into a little bit of what this is all about. Because I think probably many of you have heard, you know, these, these terms being thrown around lately. It's kind of what all the ki- the cool kids are doing is, you know, cold plunge and contrast bathing. And there really is some amazing science behind what the different kind of varying temperatures of water and certainly mineral enhanced or mineral infused water can do for you in terms of managing pain, in terms of helping sleep, in terms of addressing, you know, arthritis and inflammation and even diabetes. There's a, a wide range of benefits that can come from spending some time in a good soak. And so really, I mean, I was very, very pleased and, and honored to have the opportunity to dig in a little bit deeper. Oops. <laughs> that is going to be the first of many water puns that you are probably going to recognize over the course of this conversation. But anyway, uh, with that, I give you my chat with Dr. Marcus Coplin. Officially welcome Dr. Marcus Coplin. Hello. Hey, how's it going? Uh, Thanks good. For- How are you? Thanks for joining me. So full disclosure, we had the privilege of getting to spend a little bit of time in Colorado a couple of weeks ago at uh, Pagosa Springs at the Springs Resort, uh, where you are the doctor in residence, the the expert yeah, in residence, director, yeah, yeah, medical director. Um, and I got to learn a bit about uh, the incredible science behind water and water therapies and all that. So I really wanted. An opportunity for you to expand upon, um, you know, your your expertise here and to share with listeners because uh, I feel like it's something that 
you know, it's literally right before us and it surrounds us. And I don't think a lot of people really understand how we can fully utilize it for health benefits. So totally. Yeah. So let's dig well, in. So first I want to know how you kind of arrived at that because you've had a, an interesting journey in your naturopathic medicine experience. So yeah, so so I'll start off by saying I'm a, I'm a naturopathic physician, you know, a primary care physician with kind of specialty training in integrative therapies. And one of the things that really uh, you know, early on in my practice, what I saw kind of work the best in synergy with, you know, conventional therapies and and other kind of natural and integrative therapies was the use of water as kind of a means to drive and enhance um, you know, the, the physical effects of whatever else I was doing. And so hydrotherapy became kind of a very important tool in my practice very early on. And I, I, I kept kind of going deeper and deeper into that world and trying to understand a little bit more about how water could be, you know, contextualized within the framework of medicine. And so um, that led me to do some specialty training in Europe where they still have kind of hospitals and rehabilitation centers and health resorts. Uh, it's kind of a continuous tradition that's, you know, I mean, you could trace these types of uh, institutions back throughout time. You know, in history, we've always, humanity has always kind of used water, especially kind of thermal and mineral waters as part of, you know, the the context of medicine in, in whatever culture you kind of find it in. But within the last couple hundred years, especially kind of in the Eurocentric culture, uh, that developed into these health resorts where uh, pe- people would go with an ailment, typically, or or usually, or for prevention. But, you know, mostly they go with some sort of ailment. They meet with a physician and the physician prescribes a series of baths, diet, light exercise, rest, maybe a couple other things, massage, et cetera. And, uh, and, and people will stay for a week to three weeks longer if needed to rehabilitate the function in their body using water as the primary method of kind of doing that. So I was fascinated by that idea and I got to go and study with these at these institutions and with the physicians that are running them. And um, I brought it back. Um, this is maybe about 10 or 12 years ago now. And as I came back to the United States with this, um, almost kind of evangelical mission to uh, let people know that that there was this kind of system of medicine that incorporates so gracefully into any care system that really helps people kind of overcome chronic pathologies. And um, yeah, I, I was just, I'm just been so kind of singing the praises of water to anyone who will listen. And that, that led to this role that I've taken on. So, I mean, for, for the last 12 years, I've had a clinical practice, like I mentioned, and uh, about a year and a half ago, I also took on this role as the medical director for the Springs Resort in Pagosa Springs. And what's interesting about that place is, so I'm not, I'm not an on-site physician in the way that you might have in Europe where I'm seeing patients and I'm prescribing treatments, but what I've helped the Springs Resort do is kind of shift their focus from being kind of a recreation and kind of nature-based resort. I mean, it's still, it's gorgeous nature in Southern Colorado. You can't avoid that. The climate is part of what is so healing about that place. But what I've, what I've done is help them build programming for their guests and education pieces for their guests. So as guests come to the Springs, they can 
kind of thoughtfully engage with the water in a, in a variety of different ways. And we can dive into that, but we talk about temperature, we talk about methods and, and rhythms to using the water, different temperatures at different times, um, the other kind of uh, ancillary services that the resort has. And, and this is kind of a way that I'm trying to bring this concept of health resort medicine in this case, it's in the health and wellness space, but how we bring this concept and create a culture for that in the United States, because this stuff works, it works really well. And quite frankly, it's an enjoyable form of medicine. It's relaxing, it's fun, it's social. There's there's a lot of it that really um, it heals just beyond the biophysics of what's going on. So yeah. So obviously I'm a nerd about all this stuff. I love it. Yeah. No, but I think it's so fascinating. And I think um just what you said kind of, you know, strikes something. The the experience of being in water is sort of inherently social for us, certainly, you know, in the US, right? Like there's a there's a swimming pool and beach and and even hot tub culture that is very much a part of our recreation and our sort of relaxation lifestyle. And, you know, you're associating people sitting in hot tubs with cocktails and things like that, which obviously is not necessarily the most direct path to therapy, but <laughs> whatever works, right? But it really is interesting that I think just what you were saying, that this is something that is so simple and yet so powerful, and it's been part of European culture for centuries. Mm-hmm. And I don't understand how, why we have missed the boat on that when it's something that is so, again, available to us in so many ways. And obviously someplace like Colorado and, and someplace that has natural hot springs even more so, but you can certainly recreate that experience. Like why, why do you think, I mean, it's, it's sort of off topic, but I'm just curious if you have an opinion on why, why we're late to the dance on this, like many other well, it's an interesting thing. It's like it's the truth is, is that we we were part of the dance, to use your metaphor. Uh, you know, the American spas were lockstep with European culture. It was, it was very in vogue, in fact, to be kind of like a European style that was like up until about the 19 late 1800s, early 1900s. That was like that was kind of considered the pinnacle of medical practice. And so you had places around the United States uh, oftentimes located on hot springs, but not always, sometimes just with kind of cold water therapy or even just rest rest and climate therapy. Uh, you had uh, areas where there were these health spas where there they were physician, you know, mediated, meaning you would meet you would meet with a physician, your treatment was guided by a physician, and you were overseen as part of your medical care at this health resort. And it's it's a long story and it's a complex story about how the American medical system became what it is today. It's the short the short answer is is that there was a there was a big post Civil War there was a big philanthropic effort to remake the country in kind of more of an industrialist kind of view and so medicine also became like how can we create how can we industrialize the process of medicine. And so things like taking a two-week health resort vacation became less popular. There were other mm-hmm. other advances in uh, medicines and some political issues that all, all kind of kind of coalesced in this perfect storm. But basically by the 1940s, 
the American spa as a health institution was no longer. And so we've we've kind of repurposed them in, in this country as these relaxation places, right. uh, places for uh, spiritual or emotional health and wellness. But the idea that you can go to a spa to receive health treatments, it kind of misses the mark in, in, in the United States culture. But it's changing. You know, I think like you mentioned it, it's like, wellness in this country i mean it's such a pervasive term it can mean it can mean anything from getting a vaccine to uh you know to like meditating with a crystal i mean depending so like on like lip balm i mean it's really exactly <laughs> but like if you think about wellness a lot of a lot of like resorts and kind of like you know hospitality places that that kind of promoted wellness up until 4 or 5 years ago that meant sitting on a beach cocktail in hand and relaxing and you know wellness and relaxation were kind of the same thing but there's been a shift there 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 um, very quickly a lot of institutions and when i say institutions i mean hotels and resorts and things like that are understanding that people are actually looking for real tools to actively engage in their health and get out in front of or even help treat any kind of conditions and symptoms that they've got going on. And so um, wellness is changing in, in the United States. And, and we're rapidly looking for ways to kind of get up to par with the rest mm-hmm. of the world. So in the hot spring space, that's definitely been a shift that I've noticed. And I've and I've had and in some small part, I think I've helped to try to create is, you know, through education and through experience based learning. You know, I think there's nothing better than getting people into a hot spring and telling them what's happening to their body as they're as they're soaking there it's so much more than just relaxing and it's kind of why i love it it's it's simple in its application you just sit in a hot spring of water but it's complex and sophisticated in its action on the body and if you can leverage that you can really create an interesting you know treatment plan and an yeah. interesting kind of course of care for somebody yeah, and I think that they do a great job of that. Obviously, with your oversight and your guidance, and your by your design, uh, they do that very well at the Springs. Because even like from the moment you walk in, you know your your room card has you know also doubles as like a map to all the different pools on the resort and the different temperatures and how you sort of you go from you know warm to hot to cold and then kind of do the cycle again. I thought that's fascinating and brilliant and really creating a protocol out of it and being much more mindful about it. And look, not everybody is going to have the privilege and the luxury of getting to sit in a spring with you and have you actually talk through what's physically happening during those moments. But I think, you know, part of why I wanted to have this conversation and have you break it down is so people can, we're already doing it. Like you said, we're already doing some of it anyway. So if we can approach it in a bit more of a thoughtful way and understand, okay, actually this is something that might benefit me. And I, you know, maybe, maybe I'm going to go and like spend a little extra time and like the hot tub cycle, whatever it's 20, 25 minutes, but now I understand why. And so having a little bit more context, I think is always helpful for people, um, really just to actually apply it as opposed to have it be some sort of vague concept, you know, out, out there. Yeah, I mean, big, big. I have to give a huge shout out to the Springs team, like the 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 kind of media team on site at the Springs, because they were the ones who took kind of, you know, I, I just kind of like spew this stuff because I live and breathe it. But they actually took it and were able to create these kind of infographics and cards to make it super guest friendly. Yeah. Um, you know, but but I think you kind of hit the the key element of what we're trying to 
express there. And, you know, in general, the culture we're trying to build for this type of stuff is, um, well, two, two key things. One is you can go as deep into it as you want. Like you've got a pun. Yeah, well, that was a lot, water pun. A lot of water puns. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think you even missed a couple that, that have, I've, I I've did. Been, oh, I've, geez, testing, I've been testing you to see if you're going to pick up on them. But, so, so, but the point is that you can, you can, uh, you can, you can, um, you can just sit there in the hot tub in the hot spring rather in the, in the, in, and enjoy the atmosphere and you're going to get the benefits. You could also understand what is happening at the granular level and still get the benefits. What what we're trying to do is kind of bridge that gap for people and give them somewhat more of an intuitive understanding, you know, through some basic touch points as to how to move through uh, the springs. And, and, and it's about timing. It's about body awareness. It's about temperature experience. And just to break it down for your audience real quick, I mean, you know, we're looking at basically, and this is this kind of comes from the classical hydrotherapy world and how these treatments were developed, you know, when, when they really were in, in vogue and, and, and utilized in these kind of rational ways. We looked at very hot water, which is usually above 105, 106. We looked at hot water, which was, you know, between 100 to 105. Uh, we looked at neutral water, which was about you know, body temp, a little cooler than body temp to about a hundred degrees. And then you had kind of cool water below that and then cold water below 64 degrees. So you have these different gradations of temperature and based on timing and based on application and based on sequencing, you can get these reproducible effects in the body. So, so for instance, you know, a, a, a warmer or a hot soak, you're able to kind of tolerate that a lot longer and stay in that water for a lot longer. So you're going to get uh, a different kind of benefit and a different type of metabolic and musculoskeletal effect than getting into a very hot tub where you can maybe only stay in there for five or six minutes, but it has this really big metabolic effect, but you're not necessarily getting the same musculoskeletal effect. So without getting too in the weeds, this is kind of how we think about these things. And so we've programmed this map for our guests to do. And we have a different, a few different types of journeys that they can go on. They can do, you know, we have, we have kind of a program for recovery out there in Pagosa. We're at the foot of Wolf Mountain, which is a great ski resort. And so we have this kind of like, how, how do you go out there um, you know, prepare for your day of skiing, go in, and go hard, enjoy your activity, then come back and recover so you can go back the next day and kind of feel active and vital. We have a detox journey experience for people who want to come and just really focus on resetting their health and kind of, you know, using the waters as part of more of a kind of an inward experience. Uh, and we have some just general kind of scientific we call it the science of soaking. And it's it's just kind of a guide of basically how you can use contrast therapy as part of a, a health and wellness practice. And we can talk, we should talk a little bit about yeah. contrast. I want to talk about all of that. I guess I want to just interject by saying like for people who are listening, this is definitely not a directive that like you can only have this experience if you go to the Springs or if you go to a resort and ha that has access to all of these things. The point here is that because the water 
you know, the access to water is so widely available to us in a range of ways, which I would love for you to kind of get into in a little bit. Uh, you can recreate a lot of this experience for yourself. It doesn't, it doesn't require going to a resort. Obviously, if you can do it, if you have the time and the, and the resources and, and the inclination, then even better. But the point here is really um, that, you know, you can do this even like in your shower or your bathtub. And um, so I want to get into that. And I first would love for you to break down the actual physiological, like what is actually happening? Because I feel like you have a really very concrete and specific way that, you know, there are like these three things that are happening all at the same time. So if you can talk a bit about what's actually happening and what benefits we're reaping, that would be great. Okay. Yeah, Erica. I mean, that's great. It's a great point. First of all, that uh, this is the one of the reasons I love water is because it is so accessible. We all mostly have it just running in our taps in our in our home, and it's a therapeutic that way. And so there are three main aspects to water that have therapeutic benefit. I mean, this is specific for mineral water, but but we'll talk about the difference between mineral water and the water in your home. There's a thermal aspect, which I just talked about. There's the different temperatures of the water. Water has this unique ability to hold large amounts of energy without changing form. Uh, you know, wood, if you if you Im input energy into it, it'll combust. Plastic will melt, you know, these types of things. Water can actually hold a high amount of energy before it becomes steam. And uh, that energy transfer is really uh, that 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 ability for the water to transfer that energy into the body and move the thermodynamics is so uh, is one of the reasons why water becomes this really um, elegant kind of therapeutic. It's we can move temperature, move heat, move energy through the body very easily. So that's the one thing. the The other is, of course, the the physical effects of water. So if you're soaking in water, uh, you know, if you're if you're if you're floating in a, in a body of water, that the pressure from that water you know creates this hydrostatic pressure, which improves your circulation and kind of filtration through your liver and kidney and elimination. But also that anti gravity feeling of floating um, that kind of gives your 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 brain and your proprioceptive, which is like kind of how we orient in space. It gives our brain this ability to just kind of turn off some of the tension in the muscles that are holding us upright. And so that that feeling allows for muscle relaxation and deeper circulation into those muscle bellies. And so that you can those two effects you can get with any type of water right in your own home. Um, the third thing that you get with with thermal mineral water is the mineral effect. And, the, and the, this is where the study of balneology uh, really comes into play. And so balneology is, is the, uh, the use of mineral water for health and wellness. It's the scientific study of that. And um, most of that research is coming out of Europe. We're launching a research journal here in the United States to try and get more of that into the uh, hands and eyes of, of uh, researchers here. But the idea is that the when you compare the mineral mineral water to tap water, there is an added effect, typically with anti-inflammatory effects, pain relieving effects, um, you know, some other kind of immune stimulating and circulatory effects that you can get with the minerals. So, yeah, th those are kind of the three ways in which we can think about the what's happening to the body and target our therapies to really improve and enhance uh, the outcomes. Now, mm -hmm. you said something really important um, before, which is that you don't have to go to a hot spring or a health resort to experience this. And, you know, I think the, the benefit of hot spring health resorts beyond, so there's the first thing I just mentioned, that the, there is some added benefit to the minerality of the water. 
and we can dive into that. But there, I got that one. (laughs) Uh, I'm nothing if not consistent with that. You know, there's so much. No, 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 no. It's great. I'm just ramble. So, so there is so much that uh, that that mineral does but but really i think the benefit people get from that is the experience you get to go and focus on being in this cycle of you know uh, uh water-based therapy and and what it does to the body and how the body then responds and reacts and regulates in in relationship to that and i think when you feel something like that when you take the time out of your life to focus on that and you can feel the effects of it that's very powerful so that in and of itself, the health resort and the hot spring resort have uh, as a unique thing. But what I just described about the different elements to what water does to the body, those different those different um, therapeutic elements of water, we can recreate a lot of that just in our own bathtub, you know. And yeah, but 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 I think um, I don't know. Do you, uh, we can we can dive into? So, so I'm going to stop you saying. No, that. no, no. I know I feel bad. I called it out, but it's it's no, like no, I can't no. not say it. <laughs> We can talk about how to do things in your home and kind of give people kind of just a, a little wellness thing, or we can talk about what contrast therapy is. We can go a lot of different ways. Let's so. Well, I think let's definitely do contrast therapy because I feel like that's such a key component to, you know, that, that really does feel like a key in, in terms of unlocking all of this stuff. But then there is a way to create a version of that at home. And it's certainly not the same as having the minerals. And I actually do want to ask, um, you know, in that home setting, are there ways that you can, that you can incorporate minerals, whether it's adding, I mean, I know you can add like magnesium to your bathtub, but I know like at the Springs, there's that range of like 13 or 14 minerals that are present in all the water. Um, So is there a way to kind of recreate some of that? But let's talk about the contrast experience first, because that's, I think that's what a lot of people are already vaguely familiar with. They just don't know that they're aware. Like people, you know, a uh, hot and cold plunge is very buzzy right now. And I don't think that people fully understand what it actually is and what it's doing. So um, let's get there. Yeah, I think I think there's been a lot of popularity around kind of sauna therapy and cold plunges and kind of what it does for the he- for our health. And uh, I think there's a lot of, you know, kind of like prescriptions that get thrown out there through Instagram and whatnot about how to use these different things. And, um, you know, I think when you understand a little bit about what's going on in those different, in the, in those different kind of hydrothermal experiences, you, you start to be able to kind of take a little bit more control about how you use those things. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so, so there's a kind of a general, you know, overarching kind of concept or kind of flow to what a contrast circuit looks like. And you can recreate the elements of contrast in a variety of ways, meaning you can heat your body up in a sauna, you can heat your body up in a steam room, you can heat your body up in a hot bath or a hot spring or a hot shower, um, or even just sunbathing. You know, there's, there's, there's all these different ways and they all have a slight subtlety to what they're doing as they heat body up but all of them fundamentally are creating that heating effect which is increasing oxygen release from the red blood cells into general circulation it's increasing um the capillary bed filling so your skin is just totally totally filled with these tiny tiny blood vessels called capillaries and heat actually has this effect of relaxing those capillary beds and bringing more blood from deeper in the body into the surface into the skin it's how our body works to kind of regulate our temperature in response to that heat 
And uh, but by doing that, you're moving blood, you're kind of creating this pump of blood out from deeper in the organ system up into the surface. And so that that kind of sets the body up for what happens next in a contrast circuit, which is a cold experience, a cold plunge into water. I use in my in my practice, I use a lot of cold compresses, which actually become warming, like you put it on cold and the body will warm it up. And that has its own kind of therapeutic effect. But if you go from a hot sauna or a hot bath into a cold plunge, immediately what happens is all those capillaries that I just talked about that we just filled up with blood in the, in the skin and that, that got, that's why the skin kind of turns all red. If you have kind of fair skin, you can see that. Um, all that metabolically active blood, the, the capillaries shunt down in response to the cold and all that blood goes back into the deeper organ system. So you get this kind of wash of metabolically rich blood through the different systems of the body. And that also pumps the lymphatic, which is the kind of detoxifying, um, mm. fluid out of, out of the cells and kind of moves wastes from the cells and processes it through the immune system. So it really is just this physical pump on the circulatory system of the body. It, it's almost like this kind of exercise system for the for the organs and tissues of the body. And so you're increasing the metabolic effects of the of, of what you're putting in your body, meaning, you know, if you're eating, you're eating a nutritious diet, you're, you know, you're taking supplements, you're taking, I mean, again, this is in, in a clinical setting, I'll use targeted hydrotherapy to tr treat an infection. Even if I'm using antibiotics, I'll, I'll, I'll use, uh, you know, this kind of process of pumping to help deliver that, that therapeutic pharmaceutical, natural substance, whatever to the tissue I want it to go to. So, so that so feels, that's like a really important piece. Cause I feel like that's something that's not as well known. I think people associate this with really just muscle, you know, addressing muscle tension, muscle injury, aches, that kind of thing. And people have you know, a vague understanding of the word inflammation. I think it gets tossed around a lot and a lot of people don't really know exactly what it means. They just say like, oh yeah, I have inflammation. But what you right. the way you just described that, first of all, I think is fascinating because I've never heard it really put in those terms before, that, that pump metaphor. Yep. But then also, can you talk a little bit more about, you know, that, that piece of like healing infection and that kind of thing? Because I don't think that that's very well understood. Totally. And, you know, I think... Um, this gets into that kind of vague territory of like, we don't want to, I don't want to tell somebody that, oh, don't, don't bother going to the doctor. If you have an infection, you can just dip your foot in a bucket of water. And <laughs> right. fine. You know, it's, it's, it's more nuanced than that. But first of all, let's talk about inflammation because I think it's a really important term for people to really understand because, and the way it was described to me one time that just really stuck with me is, you know, inflammation, we think of fire, Right. And it, there's there's healthy inflammation. Your body actually requires low amounts of inflammation to repair tissue. To, it, it signals all sorts of processes in the body, and so we think of that like a burner on a, on a kitchen stove. You know, it's a controlled fire. Unhealthy inflammation is when that kitchen stove sets fire to the whole house. And so when people are saying I have I have inflammation, too much inflammation, it's usually that they have this unchecked inflammatory process that's laying waste to other issues and other systems in the body. And so one of the ways that we can use hydrotherapy to address that is um, by, you know, it, one of the things inflammation does is it causes congestion in a tissue because there's a lot of met metabolic action. There's a lot of waste products that get delivered from that get generated from that. And so it's hard to get nutrition into a tissue mm. that's 
highly inflamed. One of the things hydrotherapy does is through those physical methods, through that pumping action that I just described, it actually brings fresh blood into that tissue. So it's bringing new nutrients, new oxygen supply, all the things that your body's naturally looking for to help regulate and balance out that inflammation. Mm, so, so right off the bat, that's that's kind of the, the key element to what's happening. Now, you add to that nutrition, you add to that supplementation, you add to that pharmaceutical prescriptions, whatever it is that your body is, you know, doing, and you're going to, you're going to help deliver that into that, that tissue. That's fascinating. That makes a lot of sense. And I think that's something that is super beneficial for people to understand because it's so additive to that healing experience. Um, well, like I told you, when I first started, started out in practice, I didn't use as much of the hydrotherapy, you know, I would use it in kind of specific conditions, but as I, you know, what I, what I would see is that, you know, you can give people supplements, you can put people on a therapeutic diet, you can even give them an antibiotic if they have an infection, whatever it is. And it just, it doesn't always, it's not like a magic pill where you just take it and things get better. But if you can use these physical methods to help drive mm. the action that you want, you get results a lot faster. And so yeah. that's, so, so that's contrast idea. People can use that just as part of their general health practice. And that's something that you can, you can do just in your home as part of a daily health and wellness routine. Right. And that's like a perfect uh, sort of perfect definition of what integrative medicine is, right? You're not saying like, don't take the the prescription, don't take the Western medicine, you know, invention, whatever it is that actually probably does work. It's more about integrating other methods, more holistic methods to actually help that move that process along, um, which right. I think is exciting. Naturopathic integrative medicine, in my opinion, just real quick, it, it's not an either or. It's, mm -hmm. it's a spectrum of therapy. Therapies. And, you know, I, I have prescribed pharmaceuticals when, when it's necessary. Um, but, you know, you have this whole other compendium of things that need to be put together as a full integrative right. plan in order to not just stop the symptom. Sometimes the, the, pharmace the pharmaceuticals are excellent at arresting a symptom, but there's a whole other side of what's going on there that needs to be addressed. Mm -hmm. The tissue needs to be, the, the function of the tissue needs to be restored. You know, it's, it's that loss of function that set the tissue up for the infection in the first place. So mm -hmm. you've eliminated the symptom, you've killed the bacteria that have been kind of set up shop there, but now you need to restore the function to the tissue to repair and regenerate and, you know, promote that health from, so that it doesn't, you know, so you don't get another infection per se. Right. Yeah. So I think we can shift into how to kind of recreate some of this, but do you have, I know your focus obviously is specifically on water, but I think people, again, the kind of common understanding of this contrast concept is like you, you name some examples, right? You can get heat from a bath and a hot tub and a shower, but you can also get it from sitting in a dry sauna or an infrared sauna. Mm -hmm. The same effect, you can get the cold experience from cold shower water, cold bath water. But then there's also this more extreme, I think, version where we're talking about ice baths, not mm -hmm. the same thing as a cold plunge, ice baths and or like cryotherapy. Do you have an opinion on any of that? Or is it all kind of like whatever, whatever flavor you can get is going to be beneficial? Sure. So the great question. So one one of the things is with cold water plunging, like what, what I was just discussing, we're talking about maybe 
30 to 120 seconds, you know, 30 seconds, two minutes, something like that in, in cold water to create that kind of. I did two and a half minutes, just to be clear. I, I was you're, in you're two fine. and a half minutes. <laughs> Continue. No, no, but that's it. Is, is that, is that, you know, in that 30 seconds to two, two and a half, if you're Erica uh, minute there, what, what you're getting that kind of effect that I was mentioning, that kind of that, that pushing of the blood deeper into the system. And uh, this, you're getting on top of that, this kind of neurological effect where now the body's saying, Hey, there's this cold, intense shock going on. We need to start kind of regulating ourselves in order to uh, to deal with that. Now, before we go on to ice baths, I will say there's one part of the contrast cycle, which we didn't mention, which is maybe the most important, and it does often get overlooked, is the resting phase. Mm. After you've gone and done a hot and then a cold round, what happens next when you come out of the cold water is your body seeks to find an equilibrium, a neutral state, you know, a regulated state. And, and giving your body that time to, to bring itself back into that neutral position is so important because that's where a lot of the deeper healing will typically happen. That cold water is going to give you an initial kind of adrenaline shock. But after you get out of the water, your body's going to find, going to look for that reset point to its kind of balanced state. And oftentimes, when we're in a chronically stressed out state, we can use contrast therapy to bring us back to a true neutral as opposed to the adapted kind of stress neutral that we've been living in for weeks, months at a time. Mm -hmm. uh, so mm -hmm. that that rest is really important. Now, Cold, so that's and that's again, that's that contrast. That's hot, cold, rest, and you can repeat that cycle a, a couple times. But cold bathing, ice bathing, cold baths, that kind of stuff. That's a little bit of a different thing. And what's happening there is, you know, that that intense cold stimulation is so first of all you're getting your your body's kind of enacting a secondary set of metabolic you know, responses, because it's not just this 30 seconds, 60 seconds, it's like, okay, we're going to be in this for a minute, we need to figure this out. And that's where you get some of the really interesting research on brown fat adaptation, mm -hmm. and people who are like cold water swimmers, and kind of the, the hormetic response that then that means the healthy stress, you know, the, the continued healthy stress, the body, how the body kind of upregulates itself to respond to that. But I think, and this doesn't always get talked about in ice baths and cold water in that world, but I think what actually is a big component of why people experience the benefits uh, that doesn't always get talked about is that when you are sitting in an ice cold body of water, you're forced to orient your response to discomfort mm. in a totally different way. You know, for you to go beyond that two minutes, it's not it's not easy to do. Even if you've been doing it for some time, cold water still feels uncomfortable uh, when you get into it. And it, it is that discomfort that stimulates that response. But when you're in the water for a period of time, you your your breath typically slows down, your concentration usually, you know, gets a little bit more focused. And that process, uh, really helps our body really shift our orientation. It, it, it actually will shift what, what's called the autonomic response. So that's mm -hmm. our sympathetic nervous system and our parasympathetic nervous system. 
we're, we have to kind of use our breath and use our awareness to be in control of that in order to not freak out in the spot in response to that intense stress. So, yeah, so, so I, I really think that's an interesting thing that doesn't always get talked about is how we orient our stress response and how an intense experience like an ice bath can really focus us into orienting our stress response. Now there's, mm-hmm. there's a whole host of physical stuff that's going on as well. And those adaptations and, you know, the immune system responds to that. Um, but all of those things also happen if you do deep breathing yogic meditation and, you know, do these other kind of mindfulness practices that help us orient our stress response that you can get a, a, some of the similar effects of the immune system of kind of, you know, hormonal balance that you get in a cold water bath just by focusing on your kind of mind body orientation. So mm-hmm. I, I think that these things work in, in synergistically, you yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then what's your opinion of cryo? So, so again, going back to water as a medium that holds a lot of energy, um, people can go in cryotherapy in much, much colder temperatures than they're able to do in water. Why is that? Well, I think one, one reason is that the water, in that case, it's the, the, the physics of, of heat transfer, cold is going to pull heat from the body. Um, and cold water will do that a lot more efficiently than cold air. Mm. And so uh, even so, so proponents of cryotherapy are saying, well, look, you can stay in this cryo experience for a lot longer at a lot colder temperature. And there's, there's, there's truth to that. Um, but I don't know that the uh, effects are necessarily different right. or better. I think it really is more of kind of like, what do you prefer? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I think I think the the folks who are like really into the cryo world would probably take umbrage with what I'm about to say. <laughs> but I do think that the that the cold water, because because it's not just the temperature, because you get that physical effect that I mentioned as well. Yeah, I think that there's there's uh, added benefit there, yeah. and I think because of the the heat capacity of water, the specific heat capacity to draw energy at a much more efficient rate, you're in a less cold environment, but I think, you know, the effects wise, you're getting, you're getting more. Uh, yeah. That's my opinion. And you're also obviously not getting the mineral effect, which is a huge part of the soaking experience. So. Um, true. True. I mean, to be, to be fair, most cold water experiences are are not mineral water. There okay. are, I mean, but, but, but there's no reason why there couldn't be most of the, of the mineral springs in the United States are cold water springs. And we could have these amazing cold water, treatment and therapy wellness resorts all over the country, but uh, everyone's looking for hot water and hot water is great too. Don't <laughs> yeah. get me wrong, but yeah. <laughs> anyway. So, okay. So how can people, how can people incorporate some of this into their daily routine uh, in, a, in an easy enough way, easy lift way? Totally. So, I mean, the, 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 the most accessible way, the easiest way that you can start contrast bathing today is to just, if you have a shower in your home, which most people do, uh, it would be to just, you know, take your normal shower as you typically do and end that shower with a cold water blast. And so uh, this this idea of contrast showering has become, you know, very, uh, has become more and more popularized in the last five, six years. 
But really what you want to do once you're, you want to get warm in the shower. So you want to take a hot shower, steamy, whatever. And then with the cold water, the, the best way to do it is to start at the, at the, the most kind of external parts of your body, your fingertips or your toes, and kind of move it through the shower stream. Let the water kind of stream over the arm and just kind of go towards the heart. Mm. So that's always the that's always the best ways to do that. You want to make sure to get into the armpits, over the groin. You want to get the neck and chest. You want to get over the small of the back. Those are all the areas where we have a lot of endocrine tissue. And so we really want to make sure that we're getting that kind of endocrine uh, mm. stimulation in the, uh, so it's your thyroid, your thymus gland, your adrenal glands. Um, you know, these, these are all really important areas. And so the cold water is just kind of creating that. And if you do it this way, you're actually creating kind of a lymphatic drainage uh, activity as well. So what I typically tell people is to do that cold water routine that I just described, try and do it for 30 seconds. You can do it for 90 seconds. That's even better. But uh, 30 seconds is a good, and you don't have to go ice cold. You can go just cold enough to where you're like, Ooh, that's, that's got a chill to it. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually you get colder and colder as you do this more. Um, but usually after, after you've kind of done that first round of cold, I tell people to warm it back up and just get yourself warm again in the shower and then do another 30 second cold blast and then mm-hmm. warm yourself back up and then end with a final 30 second cold blast. By that third one, you're going to, you're going to feel it. It's more invigorating. It's less, you know, you're going to feel less resistance towards it. And when you get out of the shower, you're going to feel like energized and Mm. enlivened uh, because, because you're activating your nervous system, you're activating your circulatory system. You're really just promoting all those, all those mechanisms that tell your body I'm awake, I'm alert, I'm vital. And then are you supposed to do that like with every shower or is that every other day or is there, I think, I think a good practice for that is if you could do that three times a week, that's, Mm -hmm. that's a really solid practice. You can do it every day. It's definitely not going to hurt you and it will only help you. But yeah, that's, that's a great kind of, if you can get that in two to three times a week as just kind of a tonic that, that really help. You know, I, 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 I'm releasing a course on kind of home hydrotherapy for like how, how families can utilize different hydrotherapy techniques for sick kids or sick loved ones. And that is kind of like, that's when you get into more targeted and more repeated and more comprehensive kind of approaches. But just for this kind of general kind of vitality, general stimulation, uh, doing that two to three times a week is, is a great a great technique. But another really easy one that I'll give folks is uh, you just get one of those big kind of Rubbermaid dishwashing tubs. You get two of them actually, and uh, put hot water in one and cold water in the other. And you just kind of soak your feet at the end of the day, come home from a day of work, day running errands, whatever. You soak your feet for two to three minutes in the hot, do a 30 second cold dip, go back to the hot, back to the cold. It's really easy to do. And that, that foot kind of contrast creates kind of a different type of pumping action on the circulatory system of the body. And, you know, if you're into the kind of, uh, kind of Eastern reflexology patterns, you know, you get a little bit of that, uh, stimulation as well. That's so interesting. So you could actually just do it with your feet and you don't have to completely sub. I was like picturing the giant tubs. I'm like, where are people? Where are people putting these in the middle of their living room? Just a small one enough to for your feet. Okay, that's cool. Get it up to the ankles or so, and that's yeah. that's that's plenty good treatment. That's really good. And then and then we'll talk about this with bathtubs. But you can actually 
um, you know, boost up that hot water with, you know, a cup or two of Epsom salts or mm -hmm. uh, your favorite herbal tea. You can put an herbal tea in there just, you know, or some essential oils, whatever, whatever you like, whatever kind of helps your home ritual yeah. feel enlivening is, is it's, it's a totally good way to do that. Yeah. Okay. And then bathtubs. So bathtubs, of course, are going to, you know, you're going to recreate that more full body immersion in the hot water. And so what I what I typically like people to do with bathtubs is make it hot enough to where, you know, you can stay in it for 20 ish minutes, but like you're going to get but it's going to be hot, like you're going to be in it for 20 minutes. But in that 20 minutes, you're going to want to kind of, you know, bring the top half of your body out periodically to cool down or put your legs over the side of the tub to cool down. Um, I think that that's just a great way that we can use that kind of thermal element in the home. But one of the ways to really, you know, juice up the water in the bathtub at home. So I mentioned the herbal tea before, and that's just a really easy and, and nice way that people can add some herbal medicine element to their bath is you make a strong cup of your favorite herbal tea, uh, a lemon balm tea, chamomile tea. Uh, if you want something a little bit more stimulating, you could do like a rosemary or a thyme, even just boil, boil that and put, and then you just dump that tea into the bathtub and mm. it just creates that nice added benefit. But when it comes to mineral water, the interesting thing is that, you know, there is there is kind of a sweet spot with minerals for for absorption. And with with Epsom salts, which is a magnesium sulfate, so it's magnesium and sulfur as a salt element. Um it usually for most bathtubs that you need about five cups of Epsom salt. So it's more than most people typically put in. And, and I tell folks, just, just go and get the big bag of the cheap stuff at the drugstore. Like the fancy stuff is really lovely and can be nice for a special bath, but just for kind of a general, you know, the, those, those big, they're like, I don't know, $7, you know, you can get two or three good baths out of that. Uh, with, if you're putting in that five cups, you just make a real nice brine, um, if you want to take it a little further, you can even dump a box of baking soda in there. So now you've got sodium and bicarbonate elements. Oh, and, interesting. Um, okay. You know, so you've created, you've basically created a little mineral spring bath in your, in your home. And there's some great like companies out there now that kind of recreate the mineral profiles of different famous hot springs. And if you go to hot springs, most of the time they sell them in their gift shop where they mm -hmm. have you know, home the hot spring and um, but it's basically just that they're, they're kind of combining these different minerals. And so that, that's my favorite. That's what I use in my bath. I do five cups of Epsom salts and a box of baking soda and, you know, you, yeah, you know, it, it, okay. for, for like a, for like a, if you're doing kind of like a therapeutic bath, you know, if you're yeah. really like, if, if I feel like I'm, if I'm run down, if I've come back from a long couple of weeks of travel, if I'm, you know, think I might be getting sick. Um, you know, I'll do that to actually bring my temperature up to kind of almost simulate a little bit of a low grade fever to just kick my body into gear to fight yeah. off whatever I might be going on. And so the magnesium salts, the Epsom salts and the, and the bicarbonate just kind of help that uh, added kind of mineral effect that relaxes the muscles. It just helps with the kind of, yeah, all, all that helps That's with circulation. So interesting. Good recipe. Yeah. So you would rather see somebody do... Uh, a warm soak like you just described, and then maybe mix it up with like jump in a cold shower for 30 seconds and then get back into the warm versus 
getting a hot shower for however long, 15, 20 minutes, and then jumping into a cold, like a cold water bathtub at like, which is there one that's better than the other? I mean, I know generally we're They're soaking effects. They're different yeah. effects. So like what you just described, if, if, you, if you have the benefit of having a cold plunge at your house that's separate from your shower, or you have a cold bathtub that you can fill up and have a shower that's separate, doing that kind of like 15 minute hot shower as like a prep, and then doing a cold dunk for... 30 seconds, two minutes, or if you're kind of doing that more ice bath, you know, you want to stay in it for a couple minutes and really get your breath going. That's going to be a great kind of tonifying, strengthening uh, treatment. It's going to help, you know, that adapt, that stress adaptation response, et cetera. What we were talking about with the bath, that's more of kind of a, uh, an immune system tonic, or like, like I said, kind of like I'm burnt out. I want to like, I need to like, just let my body kick my body into higher gear. That's when, uh, that's when you would use the bath is to really kind of simulate almost that fever. And in, and in that case, you could get out of it and do a cold blast shower. If you were going to like move on with your day, that's like a good way to kind of just internalize the effects of that bath treatment. If you think about it from a, from a circulatory perspective, but another nice thing to do is get out of that bath. And if you have the ability just, you know, towel yourself off, and lay down or wrap yourself in a blanket and just let your body kind of sweat it out and come to that neutral state. It's a really beautiful way to regulate. So this is all, I mean, it's just, it's it's interesting and it's exciting because I feel like, again, this is stuff that people are probably already doing. Like it is somewhat of our, it's in our nature, you know, you get people like to take a hot, you know, a hot bath at the end of the day if they can and, and wrap up in a towel, but, or in a nice, you know, a robe or something like that. But I feel like just having the information and the context to understand why it feels good and what it's doing is helpful because it just puts your mind more into that healing mode. And maybe, you know, maybe you'll stay a little bit longer or maybe you'll add another element, incorporate, you know, one of these contrast elements to what you're already doing and, you know, feel a little bit better because of it. So, yeah. I mean, I think one thing I would really, what I really would like your audience to take home is, is these practices feel good. They feel, they, they, they make you feel, you know, energized and good, but there is a deeper action that's happening that is actually promoting the processes of health in your body. And so, you know, I, I really want people to come away with understanding that, you know, hydrotherapy, contrast therapy, balneotherapy, these are things that can and should be part of a health and wellness routine mm-hmm. for, for a variety of folks, you know? Yeah. I love it. Yeah. All right. Well, I feel like we've kind of covered the at least the 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 101 version and obviously there's much more that you can add to it um once people are familiarized and you've got you said you're you've got a um a book coming out or a the, it's actually a video course. Oh, a video. It's, okay. It's going to be it's going to be just, you know, uh, maybe a, a series of kind of 10-minute little shorts on different topics of how to of how to like think about different things that you and your family will typically run into in, in, you know, the the course of being a family, cold and flu, digestive issues, you know, uh, aches and pains, sprains and bruises, things like that. And then there's a couple, and then in each one of those sections, it tells you kind of what are some of the techniques to use. And so we have a series of techniques that you can then go and watch the videos for those things. So it becomes like a little bit of like a home guide to, to using hydrotherapy as a kind of a first aid. Okay. Well, I feel like that's a great uh, foundational layer for, for people to understand a bit more. And um, yeah, thank you so much for, for breaking it down for everybody. 
Thank you, Erica. I love talking about this stuff and, you know, I always enjoy talking with you. So I appreciate you having me on to, to talk about what I love talking about. <laughs> Thank you so much, Dr. Coughlin. Thanks for listening to All Too Well, guys. And as always, I am accepting stars, reviews, all of the above. They don't cost you anything and they mean a lot to me. So if you do have time, head on over to Apple Podcasts and throw me a few stars and, uh, you know, just do a good turn. Thanks. Thanks.